Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello, my friends. Hello and welcome back to uh, welcome back to Monday after that beautiful, beautiful four day um, uh, four day holiday weekend. We hope you had a fantastic turkey day. Um, and, uh, what a, <clears throat> what a, what a beautiful time. I, I enjoyed Turkey Day so much. We had it twice. That's, that's right. We had two Turkey Days around my house. It was fantastic. And, uh, I just cannot, uh, I just can't tell you how, uh, how, how good it felt. Yesterday was, uh, normally Sundays, <clears throat> a little tense around the old house as I'm trying to think about everything that has to be done the following week and everything else. But man, I was just, I was just relaxed. It was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So I hope you had a great Turkey day. I hope some of you took, uh, some of the recipes that, uh, were posted up on our holiday recipe contest, which if you haven't, uh, taken a look at yet or um uh or posted to is available up on our facebook page right now you can go over there to facebook.com slash michael duke show and you can uh post your favorite holiday recipe thanksgiving christmas whatever um and share it with all the other listeners and then uh, if you uh, go through there and you find some recipes you like you can give them the thumbs up which is officially it's how we it's how we count voting for the recipe or you can love it or you can thumbs up it or whatever um and uh, whoever gets the most interactions with their recipe um is going to win a delicious bag of uh beard curler coffee my own personal blend and a six o'clock club coffee mug and you're all members of the six o'clock club by the way right now if you didn't know that but just by listening to the show in the six o'clock hour you're officially a member of the six o'clock club, so it's uh, <clears throat> it'd be a it's great bragging rights around the office or around the old homestead uh, where you're drinking the beard curler straight out of the beard mug from the six o'clock club, and uh, so whoever gets the most interactions will win that mug. Uh, the 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 ulterior motive for this uh, promotion, by the way, is so that I can get all of your great holiday recipes. Into my own, uh, into my own cookbook. That's that's what I want to do. Into my own, into my own recipe box, uh, which I have done over the years. Uh, we've done this contest uh, several years over the last uh, ten years or so, and uh, it is uh, just a great way to share some of your greatest family joy, some of your greatest family recipes. You know, things that you've enjoyed, and be able to share that with uh, with other people. Um, <clears throat> and in fact, we revisited the. 
we revisited the uh, oyster stuffing recipe on uh, on our second Turkey Day uh, this this year, which is uh, like a cornbread and oyster. It's so good. It's so good. It's rich. Oh, it's so rich, but it's so good um, as well. And we just had a we just had a great time. So feel free to go over again to facebook.com slash Michael Duke show and uh, post up your favorite uh, family recipe. I've got uh, my grandma's pumpkin pie in there. I noted that my daughter put up um, one of her favorite new recipes that she discovered here just a few years ago. Um, and we've it's become a family tradition already, and that is the uh, uh, eggnog snickerdoodle cookies. Uh, I know Bill has put up his Bermud Carbol popcorn uh, which was getting a lot of votes because, well, bourbon par- caramel popcorn, why couldn't it not? Uh, <clears throat> or anything else. But again, the whole the whole reason here is to share the joy of the season, especially some of those old family recipes that have been floating around for years. Um, and since we're not doing any county fairs or anything, feel free to share those recipes out there. I know a lot of grandmas were like, I'll give you this recipe, but don't you dare ever give it to anyone else because I don't know. Apparently I made a comment about this last week and then somebody sent me an email about, well, you know, my grandma would, didn't want to ever share recipes because of the, she'd use them in the county fair and it would give other people unfair advantages if they knew this recipe from... And I'm just like, okay, I guess we, but you know, it's not a, <clears throat> anyway, feel free to share. Just feel free to share. Don't let those old fashioned recipes get, um, just, just, you know, sharing is caring is what I'm saying. Sharing is caring. And it just doesn't make any sense to let those recipes go and not share the love a little bit. It is, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's good. Uh, yeah, it's so anyway, go over there and head out and, uh, doing the, um, uh, go out there and, and do the thing and enjoy, uh, and enjoy a little, a little sharing of all the, uh, of all the stuff, uh, that's going on out there, uh, for the holidays. Cause I mean, it's, you know, it's all about food. Now, like I said, I had two, we ended up having two, um, Thanksgivings. Uh, we had, uh, <laughs> We got started. We were all ready for Thanksgiving Day, um, and uh, you know we were we we're getting things scored away. And uh, one of my daughters, who had been doing a lot of the cooking, and my wife, they both went down with uh, they weren't feeling good. And uh, so by the time the actual and then my roaster, my turkey roaster, um, you know how you're supposed to you do a hot for for most turkeys, and for those of you who are not cooking your own turkeys, some some of the thing uh you know you're 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 supposed to <clears throat> you cook it at a hot temperature for an hour then you turn the temperature down and then you let it percolate over a while well i got everything up i you know it was a butter ball fresh young it was great i got it basted i got the butter i got the seasonings on it i got the stuffing in it did all that kind of stuff and um and they put it in the roaster roaster was up to temperature everything was good um <clears throat> set the timer for the first one hour thing and then I wander off to go do something. And uh, I come back down an hour later and the roaster is just warm. That's all. It's just warm. It's not even. And I reach over and it has popped the breaker on the, it's popped the fuse on the power strip that I had it plugged into because I had was doing it on the dining room table. And uh, 
So it just threw me, that threw me into a tailspin of like, how long did it actually cook? How could you, you know, anyway, uh, so we got that cooked up and, and I finally got it. It was good. It was, I mean, it was a little drier than I like, you know, but by the time we actually sat down, there was only <clears throat> four of us instead of, uh, there's only four of us instead of six of us. And so we decided since since everybody with the my son visiting and everything that we needed to do it again. So we redid the whole thing again on Saturday. And we had a second Thanksgiving. I actually went out and bought another turkey and had a second Thanksgiving and um, got to redo, you know, had some of the leftovers and, and cooked up a couple extra side dishes, which is where the oyster stuffing came in. And... Um, so it was so nice. We had to do it twice. That was the, uh, that was, that was the, that was the way to do it, but it just, what a great time. What a great time, you know, totally unplugged, no news, no nothing, no, uh, no digging down into the headlines of, you know, who's doing what to whom or who's upset about whatever. And it was a, just a fantastic, fantastic weekend, um, overall. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was great stuff. Okay. Um, so, uh, hi, how are you? How's, how's things going? How are you guys uh, doing? How, how are you doing on your post Thanksgiving weekend? Um, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but only 28 days left till Christmas. And so I'm hoping that a lot of you and my wife and I were reviewing what we'd already done over the holidays or, you know, prior to the Thanksgiving, what we'd already done as far as Christmas gifts and all this other kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, just just making sure because the time will go like that. I mean, it'll just boom. That's, you know, you, you'll go from one to the other. And so hopefully you got all your Christmas stuff done and you're ready to go, which reminds me. Um, as we go through here, um, that, uh, I will be going on vacation starting on the, uh, 21st of December. Uh, I'm actually on vacation the 20th, but I decided to get up with you guys that one final morning to announce the winner of the recipe contest and to have what has traditionally become the greatest Christmas memory show Every year we just do Christmas memories on the final day of the show for the year, which is what that will be. The final day of the show for this year will be December 20th and uh, where we just hang out and we talk about things. And, um, you know, I wish we could do we used to do Christmas music on the show, but because um, of the simulcast, we can't use copyrighted Christmas music like we can on the radio. It's a it's a thing. But uh, so that will be the 20th of December will be the final um will be the final uh, show of the year so just uh, over 3 weeks from today so it'll be it'll be great um <clears throat> so what's coming up on today's show i guess i should have gotten that was a lo- wow that was long-winded but fun uh coming up on today's show it's going to be you and me some headlines from around the state uh, we'll talk about some of the things that really, I mean, surprisingly, I went back and I looked because again, I didn't even look at the, I didn't even look at the websites or the news media for like four whole days. And, uh, there really wasn't anything, um, that was, uh, 
definitely it was interesting, some interesting stuff. There was just not a lot going on. Um, and uh, anyway, it uh, we'll go over what there is. There is a few stories there and some interesting stuff. Maybe a little bit of commentary on Alaska uh, overall, like weird. That's some weird stuff. Uh, and then in hour two, we're going to talk with David Haig. Now, you'll remember we had David on the program here uh, a while ago. Um, he is um, uh, he is with the Alaska Grand Jurors Association, um, and he has been um, he's been basically battling it out with the Alaska judicial system for quite a while. And the most recent discussion has been uh, about the um, this this uh, case with the I guess the judicial uh, the in- judicial investigator former arbitrator, former judge, um, and how they are working on right now the Alaska grand jury, one of the grand juries that had been going to investigate some judicial corruption issues, was arbitrarily shut down by one of the judges down in the Kenai, and that led and triggered a court case, which led to one of the judicial investigators being put um, and being uh, uh, put on trial and we're going to get the full run. We talked about this about, I don't know, probably six, eight months ago, and it has continued to uh, to percolate through the system. So we'll see exactly what's happening here. We're going to talk with David Haig in hour two. He's going to be giving a presentation at the uh, he's going to be giving a presentation tonight at the Matsu School of Government at Real Life Church in the Palmer Wasilla area, 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, so they're going to be doing that. Meanwhile, we will talk with David Haig this morning to discuss and get all the details on that. So, whew, it's a lot going on for that, huh? That's a, it's a lot. All right, well, let's um, proceed ahead. Welcome to it. It's a week. It's a Monday, but it's going to be a great week for you and yours. I just know it in my bones. It's going to be a great week. The Michael Luke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this. Don't go anywhere. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Well, uh, hello. <laughs> hello, my friends. Hello. How are you doing? It is a... Uh, it's just another beautiful day in paradise, and we're ready to go. I'm drinking my chemically-induced caffeine booster. Didn't have time for coffee this morning. Ah, 
It's delicious. Uh, so <clears throat> how'd you guys do? How was your, uh, how was your weekend? I haven't looked into Brian's got a smoked bourbon cheese recipe up on the thing. Oh, did I miss it? Uh, wow. Did I miss it? Wow. Oh, okay. Um, what's going on? Um, Good morning, good morning, good morning. Anthony says, uh-oh, talking about my roaster. That probably means you either need a new roaster or a new breaker, my dude. One of the two is not working properly. Yeah, no, it's. I can tell you right now that it's the roaster. When you have teenage boys putting stuff away and the roaster is this nice, beautiful unit, but it's got a big knob on the front and somebody smashes it against the side of the shelf when they're putting it away and bends a whole unit out of shape. And you have to go back in and gently bend everything back into shape. I can tell you it's probably the roaster. Uh, but, I mean, this is, a, this is a big 18-quart Nesco roaster. This is not something you just throw away and, you know, whatever. Anyway, I was using a power strip so that if something did happen that the power strip would pop, not the wall socket. It wouldn't get. Anyway, I was still able to use it. I, I monitored it. I was there. I didn't leave the area the whole time. I, I checked it. But that second turkey turned out just Perfect. Just perfect. Juicy, tender, and uh, was absolutely great. Um, I just hate throwing something like that. I mean, the roaster probably just needs to be taken apart and a little TLC. I just have to find the time to disassemble it and figure out what's, you know, what's busted on it. What what's What's going on in there? Why is it not? It was fine, and it works fine, but after you run it for quite a while, it uh, it definitely... It definitely has some issues. Definitely has some issues. So, anyway. Uh, Barbara said her turkey this year was smoked. I tried to smoke a turkey one time. The damn thing was so hard to get lit. And the inhale. Oh, man. It was horrible. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was great stuff. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um... Uh, good luck, Michael, Santa, and Mrs. Claus are coming out for the dog sled ride today. Nice! Michael King uh, up in uh, Fairbanks runs a dog sled ride thing. Good for you, my friend. Take some pictures. Post that stuff up to uh, Facebook. Let us know. All right. Jeannie says, my eyeballs popped open at 0430 this morning. My eyeballs were still awake at 0030. Double dark 30. Looked over at my clock and I'm laying there in bed like I'm just like, I, I just don't feel that tired. And it's 1230 in the morning and I'm like, I've got to get up in four hours. And just one of those things. You just, you know. <laughs> Brian says there's always time for coffee. The rapture comes. We're stopping for coffee. This morning it was a little bit different for me. Oh, man. I was blessed enough to have two Thanksgiving dinners. Neither dinners did I have to cook, said Melody. Oh, man. Yeah. All the recipes, all the favorite recipes, Donna makes a comment. All the favorite recipes um, on the recipe contest seem to have bourbon in common. Sarah's, she had a Kentucky Blue Ribbon Bourbon Pecan Pie. That was last winter. Bill is up there in the top with a bourbon caramel popcorn. And now apparently the bourbon smoked 
cheese thing going on. It, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe there is, maybe the, maybe the bourbon is a, is a common theme. I don't know. All right. Apple hickory, hickory on the Trevor grill. I think she meant Traeger grill, but I get the point. It's good stuff, Barbara. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, let's get back to it, shall we? The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's proceed ahead and do our thing. Okay. Well, are you ready? Are you ready? Um, let's uh, let's jump into some headlines, shall we? See where we uh, where we got to go. It's um, you know the <laughs> the unusual weather continues. There is a warning for the entire um, well for the entire South Central area, uh, starting all the way up in the Susitna Valley through Matsu down to Anchorage for black ice for the next couple days. I mean, you know, it, it we got there was no snow, then there was way too much snow, and then it got warm, then it got freezing cold below zero, like nine below, and then it warmed back up, and then for the last three days it's been raining here at the house, raining and snowing, mostly rain. And that has led to a black ice warning throughout the South Central area, Anchorage and the Valley and everything else. Um, it is a whopping 38 degrees or something here at the house this morning when I got up. What is it now? Is it still is it still 38 degrees? It's, uh, uh, come on, where is it right there? Uh, 36 degrees, I guess. 36 degrees at the house here. So, I mean, it's it's nice. Uh, not making the driving so nice, though. And this weather is predicted to continue on and off. I mean, it's like snow and then warm and then snow and then cold. And then it, welcome to winter. Welcome to Alaska. You don't like the weather? Wait 15 minutes. It was, uh, uh, <laughs> we just wait, just wait a few minutes. It'll be, it'll be crazy. Um, but we're seeing that going on into Christmas right here. Uh, at least it hasn't, uh, Hasn't been too bad, uh, but you know who know, I, I I told my wife I said just imagine if it all melts away towards Christmas and then we get another dump at Christmas that that could be that could be the 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 new way right on top of that we're getting a bit of um, uh, craziness this is not happening in many other places in Alaska but here in South Central in the Matsu we've had a couple I don't know if it's like a full moon. Uh, if it's just the turning of the tides or what, it's definitely not Friday the 13th, but, uh, we had a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, here in, in the Wasilla area, there was a couple murder suicides in the last, um, in the last 10 days, eight, nine, 10 days. Uh, and down in Anchorage, there have been four shootings in the last week, all of which resulted in at least one fatality. 
Um, early Saturday morning, Anchorage police and first responders went to uh, a Spinard neighborhood uh, just south of uh, just south of uh, of uh, uh, Benson Drive, where one man was found with uh, a gunshot wounds, dead, and another was taken to the hospital with life threatening injuries, and a third went to the hospital on his own. Uh, they said it's a <clears throat> isolated incident and not random. Um, on November 22nd, an officer discharged his weapon at an agitated man who was walking on the road waving a machete. Uh, the man brandished another firearm, pointed at the officer, and the officer shot him. Um, then uh, there was the murder-suicide in the parking lot of Walmart on the 21st. And then in the 19th, uh, people were called over to Begraw Street in North Thompson, where an adult male was taken to the hospital where he died from a gunshot wound there. It's just like, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if it's in the water, if it's in the weather. What is going on? I mean, this is supposed to be a time of joy and happiness and holiday feelings and cheer. And it just seems like there's some weirdness going on around here. And... um I told told my wife, I said, I just, I blame the internet. I blame the, I had to blame something. I didn't know what else to blame, but it is just like, what is going on with all this craziness happening out there? Um, now, again, none of these appeared to be like a random somebody going crazy thing. Uh, I mean, this is normally where I would interject with my normal, uh, you know, this is another reason to go forth armed comment, which I mean, it is, but at the same time, these seem to be all individual interactions with people who knew each other. So it may not necessarily be a thing, but man, it's gotten, it's gotten real. I mean, they call it Los Anchorage for a reason, but it's not just Anchorage. You know, the Matsu's happening as well. And we've seen stuff like this go on down in the Kenai and up in Fairbanks. And <clears throat> we're getting into a world that's just a little bit more, um, a little bit more uncertain than the world that I grew up in. Maybe I had a different kind of uncertainty, right? I mean, <clears throat> I wasn't from the duck and cover era, but it was close. I mean, it was the 80s and, uh, you know, the evil empire and the the threat of the Soviet Union and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there was a little bit of a thing hanging over our heads. Maybe this is just different. Maybe every generation goes through just a different type of issue in that regard. But uh, it just seems like it's a little little more crazy out there, a little more tense. My wife and I were having a conversation yesterday about, you know, what is with the incidence of more and more people, you know, the ADD, the ADHD, all the de attention deficits issues, the heightened anxiety. People have, there are more people now with anxiety disorders than ever before. Is it a factor of just the world we live in, in the, you know, the, the speed at which we're consuming information? Is it the fact that we're inundated with commercial messages and things day in and day out from our phones and from the computers and the televisions? And I mean, is it, is it a factor of that or, or what, I, you know, I don't have any answers. We pontificated, you know, to our heart's content for a while there, but no real answers as to what was going on, but it definitely is a little bit different today than it was when we were growing up. And I just realized how old that made me sound. That made me sound like back in my day, it was a whole different, but I mean, I guess every generation experiences that disconnect between how it was when they were growing up and how the new generation are dealing with things. But I would just say it's not necessarily progressing in always a positive situation. But remember, <clears throat> as Chris Story would tell us, there is only 
the only people in charge of how we react to things, and the only thing we can control is our reaction to things. The only people in charge of that are us. Are us. That's what's going on. Um, so, you know, deal with it. Um, we'll have to, we, we, have to, we have to work through it and figure it out. But yeah, some of the headlines, definitely uh, interesting uh, to say the least. But Los Anchorage uh, going on. Now, remember we uh, interviewed a gentleman here, oh, what was that? Must have been three, four months ago about the nuclear salt battery. That was an interesting interview. I really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, it was a good discussion about the future of micronuclear technology and everything else. And he went on to talk about some of the things that were going on with um, – the contract at Ielson and how things and all that, that was the next big thing was contracting for a small nuclear power plant at Ielson. Well, apparently the U.S. military has quietly revoked its plan to contract for a small micronuclear reactor at Ielson Air Force Base in Fairbanks. They rescinded the preliminary award of what would have been a nine-figure contract with a company that it had tentatively selected to build that small-scale plant at Ielson. This is from Nat Herz over at the Northern Journal. Uh, the Department of the Air Force and the Defense Logistics Agency in August announced an intent to award the contract to Oaklo, which was a Silicon Valley startup. Um, in late September, the Defense Logistics Agency's energy arm revoked its decision, citing a need for further consideration of its obligations under a specific military contracting regulation, according to a memo sent to a competing bidder and obtained by Northern Journal from another source. The regulation says the military should engage in post-bidding negotiations and discussions for contracts that were worth more than $100 million. Um, so what this sounds like is not necessarily not an interest, <clears throat> excuse me, a lack of interest in uh, micronuclear technology. <laughs> this sounds like a pissing match between some companies because what it comes down to is that the uh, the revocation basically said that all bidders that responded to the agency's request for proposals are still under consideration. But apparently there was some violation or, um, you know, basically somebody complained is essentially what it comes down to. Somebody made a complaint back to the Department, the Defense Logistic Agency, that they hadn't followed their own contracting procedures when they awarded Okla, uh, Oklo, rather, the, uh, the, the contract. Uh, so... As you read through this, you're like, okay, okay, what's what's going on? What's going on? Um, the Ielson contract drew broad interest from the energy inter, uh, industry, including officials from companies like Westinghouse, Rolls-Royce, and Siemens participated in an informal meeting about it last year, according to the roster published by the military. Um, experts, of course, say that micro-reactors could be a good match to replace generators running on expensive imported diesel in remote Alaskan communities, uh, not to mention uh, how good it would be for the military. Um, and uh, so we'll see exactly what's going on here. But again, it seems like the uh, basically a pre-filing notice of protest of the award to Oklo 
was submitted to the U.S. Court of Federal Claims, but nobody's seen a copy of it. So apparently somebody protested the fact that Oklahoma got the contract. It wasn't, again, not that there wasn't any interest in it, not that it couldn't be a good thing, but that it was, again, this is all about paperwork and the, and the contracting process and everything else. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what goes on with this. But again, this is a fascinating, um, it's a fascinating concept. We had that conversation here a few months ago over this. Um, and I think this would be, I think this would be a good thing to revisit this month. I'm kind of excited about revisiting it this month and, uh, and talking about it, uh, some more, uh, the air force said the micro reactor was expected to go online. This is what they said back in August. By the end of 2027, based on a directive in Congress's 2019 military spending bill, um, they said there's no revised timeline to the contracting process and the agency still intends to meet its deadlines. So we'll see what's going. But, you know, it, it's it's always it's always something, always something. I remember we first started talking. Was it the Mitsubishi battery when they talked about that? Gosh, that's been going on close to 20 years ago now, right? Because I've been here for 10 and I know it was probably five to 10 prior to that. So this has been going on for a while, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe one day we'll be able to really start to responsibly develop micronuclear technology, which quite honestly is what we should be doing for, because there was a whole thing. I mean, Ken Ross, that what was the, there was an actual another, where's that story? There was a story that I where uh, that was talking about the cost of development and everything else, and it was quoting uh, Ken Ross and somebody else talking about how everything that they do in Alaska is more expensive than any place else, and it really doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the logistics. It's all about <clears throat> the energy. Remember, cheap energy is the driver behind most of you know, civilization, modern civilization, the fact that we have cheap, relatively cheap, affordable energy to able to do a lot of this stuff makes a thing. And here in Alaska, it's not, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Um, so a, uh, you know, a modern, safe, effective micronuclear solution would be great, would be absolutely great. All right. Um, I, hey, we're up against the break already again. So I guess we'll go uh, do our thing. And we'll be and we'll be back. Well, uh, we'll we'll make it happen. All right. It was Toshiba, not Mitsubishi. Thank you, Brian. That was a Toshiba nuclear battery. You were correct. All right. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty Base. Free thinking radio. We'll see you on the other side. Again, David Haig talking about the grand jury will be up at the top of the hour. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. 
Good morning. Uh, let's see. What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys talking about? Um, scrolling backwards here. All right, thirty-four degrees down in the peninsula, eleven degrees in North Pole, thirty-nine degrees on the Willow side of Hatcher Pass, forty degrees. That's not bad. Thirteen in Fairbanks, thirty-four at the Kenai Airport. Everybody's reporting. What's going on? Um, um, 30 years of you boomers running the show. Ooh, who's a boomer? I don't know if there's many boomers in here. Um, you'd have to be, you'd have to be substantially older than me to be a boomer. Um, uh, all of these disorders are caused by diet. You know, Jeannie Mint, Terry and I were talking about that this weekend. We were talking about how gut health is a big deal and has to do even down to behavioral issues. We were talking about one of our daughters was having, oh, this is 10 years ago or whatever. She was having, uh, in her teenage years, she was having these angry outbursts. And we were trying to figure out what was going on and why she was feeling it. And one of the doctors had recommended probiotics, and which Terry was like, what? Anyway, uh, it worked. We remember she started getting probiotics and, and that stuff went away. It's interesting because, yeah, we, you literally are what you eat. And um, here in the household, we've been moving slowly with the exception of the holidays. I'll, I will say that there's a holiday exception for this. But in our day-to-day -day eating, we're eating more uh, unprocessed, keto, you know, kind of thing. And it does. It makes you feel a lot better. It makes you feel better. Uh, it seems to clarify things a little bit. Uh, it takes a lot. It's, it's, uh, there's a whole thing about that. Maybe, we'll, maybe we should do a show on that. Maybe we should do a show on, uh, you know, a gut check show. Where you're checking everything uh, out. Because, again, all this processed food and everything else, which is convenient, don't get me wrong. And we've all been subject to it at one point or another, but it's not as good. It's not as good. My breakfast for the last six months has consisted of, um, you know, a little meat, a little cheese, a little egg, a little bit of, you know, just a little bit, just, just real clean no, I don't have any carbs. There's no breads in it and things like that. Um, and it really makes my day. It fills me up for the day and and takes me on. It's it's been, it's been interesting. I made a conscious decision about that. Sometimes I have an egg cooked, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's interesting to watch, and I feel better, and uh, and you know, lost a little weight. But overall, it's the how I feel that is really gone. We should have a show on that, shouldn't we? Should we take a vote? Should we do a show on gut health and what it means that everything comes from your gut? I'm starting to really believe that. I'm really starting to believe that more and more of what we put in affects so much, uh, so many other things. That again, when we went back to the ADHD thing, we were talking about that. Um, insulin resistance is the insidious pathology. Yes. I mean, that's again, you know, great. Um, okay. Um, okay. Macro nuclear. Murky used that nuke as part of her platform. Yeah, she's quoted in this article as well. 
Um, uh, okay. COVID shots, yada, yada, yada. Uh, more people die from insulin resistance related disease that will die from random or not so random viruses. Yeah, insulin resistance is definitely on the rise. Um, I'm going for it here. I am pro micronuclear, says Jeannie. Me too. Me too. Donna says she's a boomer. She's a baby boomer. Um, can't She can't be that much older than I am. I'm Gen X. I'm not a boomer. I'm Gen X. So I'm the child of a boomer. But... Me, says Brian. You're a boomer, I'm told. It can't be, Brian, because I think you're about my age, aren't you? Uh, I'm 53. 52. 53. 53. 50. I'm 53. No. Hell, I'm 54. Dang it. Uh, anyway, I'm, but I'm Gen X. I'm not a boomer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh... Last year of the boomers. Thank you, Chris, for clarifying. Last year of the boomers is 1964. So I missed that by a few years. So there you go. Um, okay. Uh, look out, MD. Big Sugar's going to put you on a list. I know I'm on a list. Probably what the, you know, thing. Oh, Brussels sprouts. Eat Brussels sprouts and swim them up. I did have Brussels sprouts. Um, with a little bit of bacon chunks that we cook together. Uh, it's just, I love Brussels sprouts. I know most people don't. I don't know why. I think they're delicious. Brussels sprouts and broccoli. We had some spinach stuff. Oh, it was so delicious. Here we go. Okay, uh, man, we traveled far afield during that commercial break. We went all the way back to the storytelling days. Um, it's um, somebody said something about it's all you boomers who are uh, to blame for all the problems in the world, which is a typical Gen Z response, millennial response, I guess. Um, but I'm not a boomer, which I thought was weird. And then I said, so I, I, I said, I can't imagine there's a lot of boomers in the thing. And then Chris uh, in the chat room made a point of mentioning that the cutoff for being a boomer is 1964. Uh, so I guess there are a few of you out there, but I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Again, I'm Gen X. We're kind of that forgotten generation that nobody really talks much about unless it's as a warning to other generations. <laughs> unless it's as a warning. Let this be a warning to you. Those Gen Xers are crazy. Um, anyway, um, I, I, I think it's funny where everybody is, uh, uh, you know, blaming what, oh, it's the damn millennials. Oh, it's those millennials. Oh, it's the boomers. Oh, it's the... Th you guys, can can we all just get along? To quote the philosopher Rodney King, can we all just get along? 
I mean, seriously, can't we just pull together instead of pointing fingers at each other and saying you're the problem? Probably not because that's human nature, but gosh, I wish it would. Oh, man. So, so good. Uh, then we got talking about food, and I mentioned Brussels sprouts, which are delicious. Cooked a variety of one of my favorite things to do was to take uh, Brussels sprouts and roast them in the oven, tossed lightly in oil with some sea salt and some cracked pepper, and then you roast them in a roasting pan under the broiler, and uh, you quarter them up so that they're oh so good. Like me some Brussels sprout. I don't know why. It's delicious. It's delicious. Okay, what else? Uh, sorry, I got off uh, and uh, got off in the weird thing. What were we talking about? Oh, no, micronuclear. Um, yeah, I think we should have another show on that. Oh, we were also talking about gut health during the uh, commercial break, um, where being, you know, you are what you eat kind of thing, which was ironic as I was drinking a monster energy drink. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> hey, do as I say, not as I do. That's, uh, I'm, you know, I can be as hypocritical as I want to be. Um, but, uh, I thought maybe we should do a show because December we're going to be facing, we're going to be facing, we're going to be focusing, focus, we're going to be focusing more on, um, some slice of life stuff because I want to kind of focus on some different things, non-political, so to speak. Um, because coming in January, you know, it's going to be nothing but wall to wall, Alaska legislative state business. You know, you know, it's coming. The first three months of the year are going to be just huckledy buck, just <laughs> nothing but uh, nothing but political stuff the entire the entire time. So I'm working on some other guests as far as uh, you know. We're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, authors, uh, some lifestyle stuff. Uh, but I think we should do an interview about uh, this idea of gut health is. Have any of you been watching some of these things? Is going. Mike Terry continues to send me short videos and reels. We've been talking about this amongst ourselves in our own household for the last couple, I guess, the last six months or so. We've been talking about, um, you know, how we eat and what it does and how does it affect us. And you know, there's a lot of people now that have allergies and gluten and all this kind of stuff. And you know, you you, you try and pick through all the various different ideologies, I suppose, and. You try and find one, you know, you test them out and see how do you feel. And I was commenting that I've changed my eating habits in the morning to where I actually uh, didn't, I haven't, you didn't used to eat breakfast at all uh, for many years just because once I was up and running, I didn't, you know, but now I've been, uh, I've been eating breakfast in the mornings and it's, you know, it's some protein, it's some meat, it's a little bit of cheese. Uh, it might be a little piece of fruit or something like that. Um, where I'm, you know, having this little plate of food and, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's very clean. It's not processed. It's not a toast. It's not a pop tart. It's not a breakfast, nuclear breakfast burrito. It's not, you know, whatever. And, um, it definitely, I definitely feel a difference. I feel a difference in my energy. I feel so, you know, we've been talking about this idea of, you know, you are what you eat. And uh, I do give us a bit of a pass on holidays because you're going to eat some, you're going to eat pie, you're going to eat cookies, you're going to, you know, you cannot take anybody who tries to stick through a diet during the holidays, God bless you, good, but that's just nearly an impossibility for me because I want that comfort of friends and family and people together and the enjoyment of the food. And so I just give late November through December gets a pass. I just throw that out the window. We'll start again in January. 
But again, this idea of you are what you eat uh, is a very interesting concept. And I think we could uh, talk about that uh, as, a, as a, so I'm, I'm looking for some other suggestions if you want to do non-political stuff for December. I want to have some fun with it. I want to, I want to enjoy um, some different discussions and talks about lifestyles and, and, you know, just health and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's going to be a good, uh, discussion. Um, oh, we were just talking about Mike and nuclear. So I'm done with that one. The other interesting thing, this one comes from the Matsu and is very appropriate and relevant to what we've got going on right now. Matsu borough officials have now sent out more than 150 warning letters to residents accused of violating a rule of that blocks homeowners from pushing snow from private property into public roads. Because that was one of the big complaints last year when we had so much snow. Now, I don't know where we're at this year as far as, because I know we've gotten at least 50 to 60% of a normal snowfall already. That's what, that's the, the not amount of snow. But last year was so huge. And part of the problem, uh, said according to contractors and maintenance contractors, was the fact that people were just basically plowing the snow from their driveway right out into the road and letting the contractors pick it up. Um, but that is actually not legal. Um, it's a problem called homeowner snow and five of the six road maintenance contractors in charge of clearing neighborhoods submitted an additional set of invoices totaling over $7 million for last year's snowfall, which they still haven't been paid on. Most of them are still the borough. They're still legally battling it out with the borough while they're still plowing for this year's snow. Anyway, the infraction letters were sent out immediately after that major storm here from a couple weeks ago and dumped all that that heavy, wet snow. Um, under the borough policy, homeowners who are documented as pushing snow out of their yards and into the roads are sent two warning letters before receiving an official citation, which carries a fine of $150. Violators are reported by plow operators, borough inspectors, and residents using an online problem reporter. And then the borough code violations are processed through the Alaska court system. Um, it's a, an expensive process. Notices cost roughly $8 per letter under borough law. Um, but it's part of the problem. And I've seen it happen in my neighborhood where people literally push the snow out onto the road. Uh, what I do have a problem with, I will say this is a personal pet peeve, is where like I have a neighbor who owns property on both sides of the road. His house is on one side. He's got an empty lot that goes downhill on the other. And he pushes his snow with his plow off his driveway across the road onto his other lot and pushes it down the hill. So he's actually clearing snow off the road from his place off the road. And he got threatened with getting, if you do that again, you can't cross the road with it. He owns property on both sides of the road. He's not leaving it on the road. He's literally pushing snow off the road across the, he's, there's got to be some common sense here, right? There's got to be a balance here. He's not leaving snow on the road. He's actually taking snow off the road and making your job easier so that you don't have to. Sometimes these people can be a little uh, can be a little irate, but this is the first time that they have really gone over this. And apparently Anchorage has got another huge problem with this as well, where they're pushing snow out into the roads. And, you know, you got to put some here's what I here's what I laugh about. The borough then pushes that snow because I live at the end of a cul-de-sac 
They're pushing all the snow that they tell me not to put. They're pushing it onto my yard. I've got an edge of my yard is over on the edge of the road, and they're, they put a pile of snow last year that was the size of a semi-truck on the edge of my property, like on my property. I know it's in the right-of-way, but you're bitching about me shoveling a throw. They're not complaining about me because I don't do it, but I'm going to throw a little snow, yet you're going to put this six-ton pile of snow on my, dry, on my yard? I mean, everybody's got a problem, right? Everybody's got to complain about something. All right, David Haig is going to be joining us for Hour 2. We're going to talk about grand juries. We're going to continue The Michael Duke Show. Common Chance, Liberty-based, free thinking radio. new field of diet practice is called functional nutrition nice see what i can find out on that um carnivore is the new keto paleo says genie Mike says, Mike says, when they stop leaving a berm at the end of my driveway, um, I'll listen better. That is true. I mean, you know, I can understand you're not, you know, you don't have to come necessarily plow, but you don't have to leave a two foot berm that can't be moved with shovels at the end of the driveway. Right. I've seen that happen. Like, what the heck is going on? You just, you know, um, Donna says, I eat clean uh, and no carbs and I exercise. Doc, oh, everything's slow. Doc says that uh, my pulse and blood pressure are in the top 5% of my age. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think the, the processed part is what gets us, right? I mean, that's the, the processed part is, is what gets you going on is uh just the things that they put in there it makes it convenient makes it easy but i don't think it's helping us i don't think it's uh, i don't think it's helping us much uh jim says i love to throw brussels spouts into the fire and watch them burn into ash i'm doing everyone a favor look if you were talking about kale i could be in agreement with you i could be in agreement with you but brussels sprouts are tasty tasty um Brussels sprouts and bacon. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Basalmic, yeah, throw that on there, too. That sounds delicious. Um, little olive oil, lightly salted pepper, and sprinkled in grated cheese. Hmm, Brussels sprouts and grated cheese. I never did that. That sounds interesting. Okay, I mean, we're back to everyone is a boomer. Everyone here was telling me about how they're a boomer. Okay, um... I would love to participate, said Jeannie, in talking about the the whole the whole. Uh, uh, oh, I guess Jeannie said she would love to participate, and I'm assuming that's talking about the the healthy healthy stuff. 
the functional nutrition. Okay. <clears throat> wow, check your blood pressure. Why am I checking my blood pressure? Okay. Um, that's it. We're all squared away. Um, it's still raining here, said uh, Jeannie. Yeah, it still was raining here this morning. It's uh, 36 degrees or whatever it is. Um, and then you can't see around the berms and they push up on your property. Can't see if cars are coming. I mean, look, this is hashtag Alaskan problems, right? I mean, this is the whole issue going on right now. These are all Alaskan problems. Um, I see David Haig. I saw him in the green room there. Now I don't have any video, but I see his little uh, I see his little square there. So we'll check in with him here in just a second. Um, whoops, he just left. I love kale, said Jim. That just shows that there's something you don't like Brussels sprouts, but you like kale. <laughs> I've got a great kale recipe. Throw kale in a pan with some garlic and some butter and then throw the entire pan away. That is my recipe for, uh, you know, oh man. Um, all right. So I see David, uh, David Haig is popping back into the uh, chat room or the green room right now. I think he's there. Let's go in and check with David here before he disappears again. We don't want to lose him again. And we'll see what uh, he has to say. We'll check in to make sure his audio is working and everything else. And uh, we'll go over right now, see if he's there. Um, I'm going to have to refresh the page before we start interviewing with David because this thing is going slow as hell. Good morning, David. How are you? Uh, good. Can you hear me? or I can, No, you sound great. You sound great. You look great. Everything's good. Uh, ready to uh, start this discussion. Um um, so we're going to be talking about your presentation tonight at the, uh, at the school of government there in the Matsu, and, uh, we'll get an update on what's been happening since the last time we had John, which was probably what, six months ago, eight months ago, maybe we had John to discuss this. So we'll get an update, uh, since the court case has proceeded and, and, uh, the, uh, judge has been, uh, a, a censured prosecute, whatever the quite you can, you can give me all the pertinent details here. But we'll uh, we'll be doing that uh, we'll be doing that here in a minute. So if you're good to go, we'll be good to go with you in just a second. Okay, I'll not touch my camera. The last time I did it, yeah, flipped off. Nope, you're doing oh. fine. Just hold the line. I'm going to remove you from the screen, and the screen's going to go blue for everybody here for just a second as we get ready to uh, go. We're going to jump into it here. Uh, hour two is dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the stuff. Let's get to it. Here we go. I'm going to refresh during the break here. Here we go.
party, pal. Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live on this beautiful post-Thanksgiving week. I hope you had a, uh, I hope you had a great and enjoyable weekend. I hope you had a good one. I hope you... Uh, you uh, you know feel rejuvenated, refreshed, and ready to face the uh, the holiday blitz that's about to happen, my friends. The holiday blitz. We are less than thirty days away from uh, Christmas, and of course, uh, that's a reminder, real quick, that of course our holiday recipe contest is up and available right now on our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show. Post your favorite holiday recipe: Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. Up on that. Uh, tell your friends to go out and thumbs up it. Give it a thumbs up, a like, a love. And the person with the most interactions on their recipe um, is going to win a delicious bag of beard curler coffee and a six o'clock coffee mug, a six o'clock club, uh, club coffee mug. And uh, plus, everybody else gets to share in your in your great recipes. I mean, I haven't looked to see if JD Two Chili has put his. He was going to put the roasted chestnut apple sausage stuffing up. I haven't checked it yet, but uh, there should be some great recipes up there. I know we've stolen some of the recipes over the years off that and used them, and they are just fantastic. So go out there, enjoy it. It's just fun. We're going to announce the winner on the 20th of December, Wednesday the 20th, which will be our final day of broadcast for the year. I will be on vacation from then on until... Tuesday, the second or whatever, the, I guess the second or third, whatever that Tuesday is um, for January. What is that? The second. We'll be back Tuesday, the second of January. Uh, so 20th will be our final day of broadcast for the year, and we will be hanging out and enjoying it, and it'll be fun. So anyway, that's the housekeeping stuff. We're ready to go uh, and jump into it. Hour two this morning, David Haig is about to join us. He's our guest. He is with the Alaska Grand Jury Association, um, and they've been talking about judicial corruption. We had um, we had David on the program here probably six months ago, maybe, maybe a little bit more, talking about some of the things that were going on. This all came about when one of the judges down on the Kenai dismissed a grand jury um, that was starting to look into judicial corruption, which is one of the official duties of the grand jury by per the Constitution, um, and dismissed it and disbanded the jury, um, which led to some questions. Ben Carpenter came on and talked about it. David Haig came on and talked a little bit about the history. Since then, there's been some interesting uh, scenarios 
um, that uh, including uh, one of the investigator, Judge Murphy uh, was an investigator for the judicial branch, and there is a hearing uh, coming up about uh, felony perjury, whether or not uh, she she actually was. There's a lot of things happening here. Anyway, David talked with us about it here last time. We're going to bring him back on, and we're going to talk about that um, right now. We're going to bring him on the program to discuss. And uh, we say good morning, sir. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. And how about yourself? You know, it's uh, the weekend after the holidays. I'm fat and happy. That's I guess it was a you know it was a nice break. Didn't look at the news for days. Uh, feel pretty good, and uh, am ready to get into it. But this is a story, and uh, this is a fight that you've been fighting for quite a while. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last time you were on, kind of the history of this. Um, but this is all coming about, and we brought you on the program because you're going to be giving a presentation tonight at the Matsu School of Government, right? So give us, uh, tell us what's going to be happening tonight at 7 p.m. Well, I've been invited to go back there and give an update uh, on what has occurred. And what has happened is, uh, yeah, when the former grand jury started investigating, they were all uh, ordered to stop. And there were several of them that were ordered to stop. The last one, um, was disbanded permanently so that they couldn't investigate. And that led to you know some protests out in front of the courthouse, uh, legislators getting involved, whatnot. And so a, another grand jury was convened. That grand jury investigated for uh, over a year and a half now, um, back in, I think, uh, Oh, it was like four or five months ago, they indicted one of the judges that former judges that was involved in the evidence of of corruption. And and just to kind of clear things up a little bit, she was not the one that was like investigating, but part of the the evidence against her was given to our judge investigator, a lady named Marla Greenstein, um, who then apparently, and I'll just say apparently, the evidence indicates that she covered up for this Judge Murphy who was indicted. And so the grand jury is not only looking at judges who may have done something wrong, but looking at the judge investigator when people file a complaint about these judges, um, about the judge investigator sweeping everything under the rug. And so, um, you know, as all that kind of started coming out, it was realized that a lot of these things that were crimes, the statute of limitations had probably or maybe run on. But with the judge, when the grand jury subpoenaed the judge, apparently, and I just say apparently, I don't know for sure, apparently she lied under oath to the grand jury, which would be a fresh crime, which would then be indictable. But a lot of the folks that are implicated it has gone on so long that they may not be able to be prosecuted because of the statute of limitations. So hopefully that kind of, it might confuse you a little more, but right. the indicted is not the investigator. The investigator is a separate person. Okay. So uh, this, and, and this really, again, you've been fighting a fight with your judicial system in Alaska for quite a few years. So we, we don't necessarily need to go all the way back to the very beginning, but this all came to the head um, when 
that grand jury in the Kenai was basically was told not to not to pursue and then another grand jury was essentially disbanded right that's when the whole thing really came to a head and it started to get some attention of people outside of your circles am i am i right can you fill us in on some backstory on that yeah that is that is exactly right um the vast majority of alaskans that i would you know uh talked to about this early on said hey you know it can't be this bad there's no no way that you know we've got judges that are committing crimes and tampering with evidence and and then for you to claim that our judge investigator you know the commission on judicial conduct is covering this up that's just a step too far that's not possible but a grand jury is, we we convinced several grand juries to start investigating and you are right they once they started investigating um it was usually judges in the courthouse that would order them to stop but uh another person cropped up as as jumping in and that was our deputy attorney general john skidmore uh joined forces with the judges to stop several grand juries um from investigating and i'm just going to quote what our constitution says you had said something about you know this is something about the constitution the constitution says the power of grand juries to investigate and make recommendations concerning the public welfare or safety shall never be suspended and so here you have grand juries voting by majority vote to investigate government officials and those same government officials come in and order the grand jury to stop um that's where it, yeah, it caught some traction. Um, we uh, protested, got you know some help. And so another grand jury was convened to look into how those former grand juries were stopped and then to get to the bottom of whether in fact there was evidence of corruption in the judicial system because it's now, you know, now there's not only evidence of corruption that started the grand jury investigation now it's kind of like uh whether or not our grand juries are unconstitutionally being suppressed so right you know, it, that's where i got i mean that's where i started to raise my eyebrows because you know we look in many states and in many places people complain about the system and you know sometimes it's just that it's just complaining they didn't get a fair shake or they felt like they didn't get a fair shake so somebody starts squabbling but when you see a you know a, a, a piece of verbiage in the constitution like that that literally says shall not be suspended shall not be impeded suspended i mean just the grand juries have the ultimate power of keeping track of our government officials and it should not be suspended and yet you had judges that were telling grand juries no you can't do that you can't investigate public malfeasance you can't investigate this issue and then the attorney general coming in or the assistant attorney general coming in and saying we're going to stand with them and you and we got to disband this grand jury i mean first of all the, the hackles on the back of my neck stand up and go what wait a second that's not first of all i don't even think that's within your power to do Second of all, if if you think it is, it seems or appears to be directly in violation of the Constitution of the state of Alaska. And that's when I really started to get interested in what this was all about. Yeah, well, it. it you know, it gets worse than that, because. Immediately after the grand jury that was convened to investigate, immediately after they subpoenaed 
this Judge Murphy and the judge investigator, Marla Greenstein, the Alaska Supreme Court came out with a Supreme Court order stripping further, you know, uh, to strip the grand jury of their power to indict and to issue subpoenas and to uh, investigate and make recommendations. And so that happened right in the middle of the grand jury investigation. And what is what is should make the hackle stand up on you know the back of people's necks even more is when the Alaska Supreme Court makes rule changes, there is a sitting 13 member rules committee that is supposed to um, comment on and actually write the rules. And then the Supreme Court is supposed to pass them. The five justices on the Supreme Court pass the rules changes, but this rules committee is supposed to write the rules. And what happened is the Supreme Court wrote the rule change, suspending grand jury powers. Um, some of the rules committee members found out about it protested, wrote a letter to the Supreme Court saying you cannot do this without a rules committee hearing weighing in on this. Um, and their, their exact quote was uh, that this concerns important and serious changes of a constitutional nature, you know, and they wanted a meeting in the rules committee and the Supreme Court went ahead with the rule change without ever having a rules committee meeting on it. And so you know, it, not only is the lower judges stopping the grand juries, but then when a grand jury finally gets their teeth into it and starts investigating, then the Supreme Court steps in, you know, apparently in violation of their own, you know, rules committee rules. So right, their own procedures. And we can talk about that here in just a bit. We're going to continue. David Haig is our guest. Uh, we're talking about the grand juries. The power of the grand jury and what's going on with the Alaska judicial system. I want to backtrack just a bit to talk about that process because when the Supreme Court stepped in, in violation of all their process that they normally have, to me, another huge red flag for what's happening. David Hagar guest will continue the Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. David Haig is our guest. Um, we're going to... We're going to continue and pick this up here in a few minutes when we return to the radio, and we'll uh, pick up with that here. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going through here to see if there's any comments on this. How would a person request an investigation into a judge or an assistant district attorney, asks Michael. Um, uh, and uh, I don't know exactly how that would work. Maybe David can answer that since... Uh, He's a little more versed in this uh, than uh, than I am here. 
Uh, Michael uh, or uh, David, any any answer for Mike there? Well, it's supposed to be um, as easy as going into the courthouse and asking to make a presentation to the grand jury. I mean, that is as simple as it's supposed to be. And I've had tons of people say it can't be like that. Well, the first grand jury handbooks that were written by the, the first original Alaska Supreme Court, it specifically lays out in that grand jury handbook that I think the quote is, a citizen is at liberty to apply to the grand jury to make a formal presentation of anything that they want. And so that is how it's supposed to be. But now the, you know, the Supreme Court with their uh, SCO 1993 says that if a citizen has a concern about a government official, he has to go to the attorney general or an attorney general's designee and give them the information and then they decide whether it's worthwhile giving to the grand jury well if you're starting to complain about high level government officials and they're the ones that decide whether it gets given to the grand jury uh you know we may have a problem yeah the police investigating the police is that what you're saying i mean that's the kind of thing i mean it it's the same kind of situation for sure, um, and it is frustrating, especially if you can go back to those original, like you said, the original documents of the first year handbook, and this is what it says you should do. Um, of course, they don't want people peeking under their own skirts. They don't want to see that. Uh, Randy asks the question, uh, David, uh, what is the original underlying issue of wrongdoing that the grand jury was trying to investigate? Can you clarify? It was... It was evidence of the judge investigator, Marla Greenstein. Um, and I guess I'll just lay out kind of what happened. There was a judge in a case that was uh, evidence turned up missing in the case after it had been submitted to the court. And then the judge was uh, being chauffeured and riding around with one of the witnesses in the case. And it happened to be an Alaska state trooper. And so in the investigation, the judge investigator asked uh, for witnesses to what was going on. And so uh, a list of witnesses was provided. And Marla Greenstein, the judge investigator, uh, uh, exonerated the judge by saying she contacted the witnesses, and I think there were four or five witnesses, and documented that the witnesses, none of the witnesses had seen anything. And so the judge was exonerated, and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, she said she contacted all these witnesses. Well, it, it continued on, and eventually the witnesses, all of them, swore out affidavits that they had never been contacted by Marla Greenstein and in fact had wit, you know, seen the chauffeuring that was going on. And so then complaints were made to the Bar Association and uh, you know, the, the Department of Law. So Marla Greenstein then uh, signed a search backing up what she said, but all of it was refuted by the witnesses themselves in affidavits. Right. 
So that was the initial genesis of this whole deal, and that was what was being investigated, and that's what the judge initially basically said at the end, stop investigating this. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, interesting stuff. David Haig is our guest. We're going to continue with this here in just a moment, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, follow, subscribe, uh, ring the bell, do all that stuff. Uh, let's get back to it here. More discussions on the grand jury start right now. Okay, we're continuing now our discussions on grand juries. David Haig with the Alaska Jurors, Alaska Grand Jurors Association is with us. Um, he is going to be giving a presentation to the uh, Matsu School of Government. Uh, that's happening tonight um, over at the Real Life Church on the East Palmer Wasilla Highway uh, at 7 p.m. tonight. Um, and we've just been talking about kind of the genesis of this whole thing some impropriety and some actions by the judicial investigator by one of the judges, which caused other judges to shut down the grand jury. That was kind of the whole genesis of this thing. Uh, then David just mentioned that the Supreme Court got involved. And this was kind of a surprising thing because um, when you change judicial rules, uh, David, there's a process and it's a lengthy process. You have a, a panel on rules, uh, 13 members, uh, they take, you know, input from the public and everything else. Uh, it's a it's a long and lengthy process before they turn those over to the Supreme Court, who then votes on them. And in this case, that whole process was completely abrogated. I mean, it was just thrown out of the wall. In fact, the panel, the 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 Judicial Rules Committee, had no um, had no input on this at all. So walk again, walk me through what exactly happened when it came out and what was said. Well, there's a how how we found out about it is we found a a memorandum here, and it's uh, dated November twenty second, two thousand twenty two, and it's from uh, Stacy Mars, who's the administrative director, and Nancy Mead, who's the general counsel for the uh, for the Alaska court system, and it's to all the justices of the Supreme Court, Chief Justice, uh, you know, Mawson, Carney, Borgson, Henderson. And I think, I actually think one of them retired since then, and there's a new justice in there. But basically, it's a memorandum, um, an internal memorandum of the Alaska Supreme Court. And in it, they talk about how they're making this rule change. Um, but it's, it documents that members of the Rules Committee, uh, one of the members was a Judge Thomas Temple, and they say he had substantive comments uh, as well as punctuation changes. And they say he expressed concern that the rule changes were important and serious changes of a constitutional nature and should not be rushed through. He thought it would be better to discuss the proposal in a committee meeting rather than by email. Then if you go through it, other members basically backed him up saying that we have to have a rules committee meeting 
before this has passed. And in the end, it the Supreme Court passed the rule changes without a meeting. And they, they document the reason why they did it even. Um, and they said, uh, finally, the proposed effective date of December 1st, 2022. So the grand jury procedures can be used right away. Well, when there's an ongoing grand jury investigation into corruption by judges, and more importantly, into corruption by our judge investigator, to have the Supreme Court bypass the established oversight of a rules committee to strip power away from a grand jury investigating judges, again, it should make people's hackles stand up. Absolutely. I mean, it should absolutely make your hackles stand up, especially when the Constitution says that these powers should not be suspended. That's exactly what it says. These powers should not be suspended. We shouldn't have to go to the institution that we're concerned about investigating and ask them to investigate themselves. It is just I mean, that is totally, totally out of control. Now, you did tell me that um, that. uh, you got some new twists in the situation. You're going to kind of update them now. Not everybody's going to be able to attend the Matsu School of Government tonight. So what are some of these twists that are coming out now that we're seeing? What's the, you know, where do we stand in the process at this moment right now? Well, the there have been some filings made by the judge that exposed, um, I, I think I told folks that a lot of this wrongdoing has been over the course of decades. And so some of the folks may not be able to be prosecuted because of the statute of limitations. But nonetheless, if you remember what the Constitution says, it says the power of grand juries to investigate and make recommendations. And so if what these folks have done, they can't be indicted for because the you know too much time has gone by, the grand jury can make a recommendation and like with Marla Greenstein, the judge investigator, we'll just pretend that they found something wrong with her. They could recommend that she be fired and someone new put in because she's been there since 1989 for over 30 years. And she's conducted all 8,000 plus judge investigations. They could do this. Well, these new filings prove that the grand jury actually issued recommendations, a report and recommendations, but nobody has seen it. It's supposed to be public. If you look at what the Supreme Court has done with these rule changes, they wrote in that before a grand jury report can be made public, they get to go in and redact it, go in and remove things, maybe even say that the report shall never be published. Well, doesn't that, again, directly contradict our Constitution that says the power of grand juries to make recommendations shall never be suspended? We now have evidence that that, in fact, is what the Supreme Court is doing. Well, interestingly enough, if there have been recommendations in the past to do these things while the statute of limitations did not apply, and now here we sit today, that is some very troubling information. Uh, if the if the recommendations were out there, they could have taken action on them and they didn't. Um, that that brings a whole nother element to this uh, situation. Yeah, you're you're very perceptive because. Some legal minds that are kind of, you know, 
talk to me every once in a while. Some of them are down in the States, some are up here. They have said that if evidence of a crime crops up, but the prosecution of it is corruptly delayed, if people overtly take action that is unethical or illegal to keep that from happening, in fact, it stays the statute of limitations. But when I was, you know, I've been subpoenaed by the grand jury. They've had me in there several times. They believe that the statute of limitations has run. And so a lot of what's going on now may, in fact, be able to be prosecuted, but the grand jury is under the impression, you know, from advice from legal counsel, that they can't. Um, so, you know, in essence, you're on the right track, but wouldn't it be nice to at least see the recommendation, you know, what they found and right. with all, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And then my... <laughs> My my other question is, with those recommendations, again, not just it couldn't just be like you could be fired and things like that. Since we're dealing with judges and justices and things like that, I mean, we could talk about recommendations for disbarment. I mean, there's a there's a serious you know, there's some serious uh, implications here, which may be one of the reasons why this stuff is they continue to try and sweep it under the rug because it, it erodes that power base. Yeah. And. And again, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of folks have a hard time wrapping their head around the magnitude of this. Um, again, I'm just going to point out that Alaska has one judge investigator, only one. She gets every complaint against every judge in the whole state. Um, and she's been in that position since 1989. And the, the criminal complaints and the bar complaints and the complaints against this person started in 2010. It's now 2023. If in fact she's dirty um, and has been covering up for judges, and and again, she gets she gets the commission gets about 20 complaints a month. You do the math, it's well over 8,000 complaints, you know, after 30 years. What if we'll just pretend that that one percent of the complaints she gets, she covers up. 1% of 8,000 judges is 80 judges. How many cases, if there are 80 corrupt judges in our courts right now, and that's just 1% of the judges that she's investigated, how much damage could 80 judges do in their career to Alaskan families? Just think about that. That's just 1%. It's uh, you know, and of course, I don't think there's been eight thousand judges, but I mean, it's it's each one is could be. I mean, the, some of these judges could have multiple complaints against them, right? I mean, but eighty different cases. If you had eighty cases that were manipulated in some way, uh, just one percent. I mean, it's just one percent, not not five or ten or fifteen. One percent, eighty cases being manipulated. That is. I mean, that's terrifying because, again, all the power is at this point in that judicial system. You as an individual, you as a citizen trying to fight against that. Um, I mean, that's a David and Goliath situation. Yeah. And 80 cases, that's a case against a judge. If that judge is not removed from that position, they continue to sit there for their whole career. And so there's hundreds. Each each one of those cases affects hundreds, if not thousands of cases that appear before that judge. 
And that's what I'm saying is, you know, and then then you realize why the verbiage is in our constitution that affects the public welfare and safety. Well, if in fact this is going on, it is a massive concern to the public welfare and safety. And and again, you know, and you know, and I've had people say, oh, when the founding fathers wrote that, they didn't mean for government officials to be uh, you know, included in that. And that, you know, that must be, you know, just for um, you know, private citizens where the grand jury investigates. I'm going to read some quotes from the 55 delegates that they made back in 1955. Here's some quotes, exact quotes from the delegates. The power of grand juries to inquire into the willful misconduct in office of public officers and to find indictments in connection therewith shall never be suspended. That was uh, December 15, 1955, they said that. Here's another quote. The grand jury is preserved for all purposes, particularly for investigation of public officials. So all these folks that have contacted me and said, hey, the grand jury is not supposed to investigate public officials. Well, guess what? The delegates said that's their most important duty is to investigate government officials. And so now we're in this situation of government officials trying to stop the grand jury from investigating government officials. Well, it's almost as if the people who wrote our constitution had a crystal ball and knew we would get into this situation at some point and gave us these words to guide us. Um, it, it's pretty, it makes me pretty proud of people, I guess, that wrote our constitution. They foresaw this day. Well, there needs to be, I mean, there needs to be transparency, right? There needs to be a watchdog on the government. They have so much power in our lives. There needs to be some kind of mechanism, um, which, again, it seems like, according to what we're seeing now, what you're talking about, that is being impeded by the same system that's under investigation, which is a very obviously a very self-serving situation and needs to be addressed. Um, we're going to get into where it is now and where it's going from here. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment with David Haig from the Alaska Grand Jurors Association. The Michael Duke Show continues in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. David Haig is our guest. Um, let me see if there's any other questions. Um, ask Mr. Haig who the disciplinary body is for judges. Who is the disciplinary body for the judges? Is that the Bar Association or is it something separate, David? It's a separate entity. It's called the Alaska Commission on Judicial, and it's uh, made up of nine members. And they meet, I think, uh, twice or maybe like four times a year. And they're 
basically uh, supposed to oversee Marla Greenstein, who's the executive director, and she's their their investigator. Um, and so it's the Alaska Commission on Judicial. The Alaska Ju- uh, Commission on Judicial Conduct. OK, and this is that's part of the reason that's part of the what they're pulling in here to say these guys have not been overseeing or she's been snowing. She's been snowing them the whole time kind of thing. Um, well, I I would beg to differ because there's there's another thing that should make your hackle stand up with that entity. But I you know, I don't know how far down the rabbit hole you want to go here, but there is something that is horribly disturbing about what happened with that commission also well feel free to enlighten us while you're here okay well when marla did what she did we you know i i actually contacted the witnesses who you know swore out affidavits impugning what marla had said to exonerate judges and so we looked into this commission and we wanted to speak to it well we found that they're The rules say that when they meet, they encourage public testimony on anything concerning the commission. And so uh, you had to apply like within four or apply 48 hours in advance. So I got all the witnesses to agree to go to this meeting of the commission. And we applied like a week ahead of time. Well, the chairman at the time was a judge named Judge Ben Esch. He wrote back and he said, denied, we will not allow you to testify to the commission. Well, when, you know, and they'd asked us what we wanted to testify to, and they were, all the witnesses said, hey, we're going to testify that your investigator falsified our testimony and falsified contacting us. And so isn't that a little disturbing that their bylaws say they encourage public testimony, but when you want exercise it they deny you oh man who's watching the watchers at this point that's uh that's that's the question who's watching the watchers and apparently they have all the power at that point um brian had asked who is the alaska school of government and terry responded with um the school of government uh was started by edna bell armstrong devries it's the educate it's to educate the way our government works or doesn't they have very interesting speakers, keeps the people informed on local, state, and political issues. She said she goes to it and learns so much. I hardly encourage everyone to attend. <clears throat> They've had some very interesting guests over the last year or so there. And again, just another way to look behind the curtain, so to speak, on what's happening. Politidic says he's probably going to be streaming that tonight, depending on what happens at the Palmer uh, City Council meeting tonight. But he said he is probably going to be streaming the school of government stuff tonight, which, uh, I think is, uh, very good. Um, what would David, let me say, Mike says, would David think that there should be an investigation on a judge in an ADA if a three time convicted felon with over fel- 40 felony combined, 40 felonies combined released on probation, should the judge be investigated if he was, this is the, uh, this is the issue of the guy who was bamboozling people. Uh, with 40 felonies uh, lined up on this, but he was released on probation. Should that be investigated? I don't know. Should it be investigated, uh, David? That's that's what's your opinion on that? Just hearing on, you know, what you're seeing there. I, you know, enough information to make a judgment on that. You know, um, 
you know, I, it, it sounds suspicious to me, but, you know, you know, with a lot of this stuff, um, you know, the, the way it's supposed to be is whoever has concerns with it should be able to go to before a grand jury and, and a, apply for permission to make a formal presentation. I think that's the exact uh, verbiage that was in the original grand jury handbook. And so, you know, with a lot of this stuff, um, it doesn't necessarily mean the grand jury has to investigate. I mean, you understand that that if you or I go to a grand jury and say, hey, this sounds weird, we want to investigate, grand jury must investigate. They get to decide what they investigate. Right. But it can be brought up in front of them. They are the ones, they're the arbiters supposedly a jury of our peers they're the ones that are the arbiters of whether or not it should be investigated we may think it 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 it's you know it's due but they get to decide on that which again is part of the process but when it's been completely suspended and abrogated like we talked about here that's when it's throwing the whole thing into disarray all right we're going to jump back into it here we go the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio let's go Okay, one final segment for today. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking with Brad Keithley and Chris Story. Getting ready to do our thing here then. Uh, and then this later this week, we're going to again start to try and break into more non-political stuff for the month of, de of December, the end of November, beginning of December. Meanwhile, David Haig is our guest with the Alaska Grand Jurors Association been talking about the different things. He's going to be at the Alaska School of Government tonight at 7 p.m. That is uh, in uh, Palmer, in uh, on the Palmer Wasilla Highway at the Real Life Church at 7 p.m. Uh, the School of Government is just kind of a, a organization that was put together by Edna DeVries to educate people on how their government works and what works and what doesn't. And she's had some very interesting guests tonight. David is going to lay out all the details on this. David, where do we sit on this um, right now? Where, where, where is this? You know, what, what part of this are we at? We've had the grand jury been denied. Then we had it disbanded. We had the Supreme Court make the ruling that they could no longer investigate that stuff. That it had to go through the attorney general and yada yada yada. So, where are we at right now with this process? What, where's, where are we sitting? Well, there had we, there has been a grand jury convened. It's been investigating now for, I believe, over a year and a half. It has indicted one former judge on felony charges um, of perjury. And I think it was perjury to the grand jury because the grand jury subpoenaed the judge. And um, I, I can only assume that it's over what the judge said to the grand jury. But that judge's Court filings have also brought to light that the grand jury wrote a report with recommendations that no one has seen. And, it, and when a grand jury writes recommendations, it's supposed to be automatically public. But what has happened apparently is the, grand, the Supreme Court with the rule change says that 
judges get to go in and decide what gets released from a grand jury recommendation. And so that's kind of where we sit is the grand jury, I believe, is still impaneled. It has indicted one former judge. It has wrote a recommendation and issued it, but nobody's seen it because the Supreme Court has uh, issued rules that allow them to um, suspend that. And again, you know, our Constitution says that the power of grand juries to make recommendations shall never be suspended. And I don't know what it means when they make recommendations and the Supreme Court goes in and grabs it and keeps the public from seeing it. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where we're at. And we're trying to, to alert the public as to what's going on, um, have them contact their legislators. Uh, it would be nice to have like a, a legislative investigation into what's going on, or maybe even, you know, one that the, the governor starts a, an executive investigation, but have it done in public, you know, not behind closed doors, have right. it done like, like, uh, oh, like the Iran Contra affair. I mean, I, you know, you're, I think you're old enough to remember that. I watched that very closely. And when they had, you know, Oliver North, you know, Colonel Oliver North come in and he says, I exercise my Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Right there, that's all I needed to see to know government had gone off the rails. And so, you know, with this, we need to just get people aware and ask for a public, you know, a public investigation or a public accounting. And we need to demand that we see the unredacted report and recommendations from the grand jury. Right. So, well, and, and the problem here is, is that I, this is not even something I don't think you can even elevate this to federal court. Right. Because this is a state issue. Can you even could this even be elevated to. Uh, you know, the Supreme Court or something like that? Or is this strictly a state issue that we have to work out here in the state? Because it's based on our, uh, the state constitution, it it basically is going to have to be worked out within the state. But there are, there are things now happening that start making it almost seem like it's a, uh, you know, a racket or that, you know, if they go too far, if these agencies and judges go too far, it becomes, it will, eventually it will become a federal crime. But at this point, you know, we can't, violations of state constitutions do not mean you get to go to, you know, the federal government will not enforce state constitutions. Right. And basically all this stuff under the grand jury is all laid out in our, in our state constitution. So, you know, right now we're, I think we're stuck with working within the state, but that doesn't mean to say that at some point there wouldn't be a federal case to be made. So the cases right now, obviously we need to be encouraging our legislators. And I know, like I said, Ben Carpenter had taken an interest in this. Uh, we could bring some other legislators to the fray uh, as well to try and, and uh, bring some scrutiny on this. Uh, but there is also still the court case. I know Judge Murphy's case is continuing, um, and it's actually going to be taking place next year, right? January? Is that am I am I right with that? Give me give me what's happening with that case. What's happened so far, and where it's going? Um, it was arranged, and there was some other uh, other hearings. 
the next hearing, which is uh, going to be oral arguments on motions, is January 8th, and it's in Homer at the Homer Courthouse. Um, I believe it's at 10 a.m. And every time so far, the courtroom has been packed, but it is important that everybody keep attending. Um, and the reason is, is that the judge that's presiding is the, the district, all basically all the judges on the entire Kenai Peninsula disqualified them from the case. And Judge Thomas, I think it's Matthews, who's the presiding judge of the third district, which is Anchorage, you know, uh, you know, the Matsu and the Kenai Peninsula, he assigned himself to the case. And when he showed up, he keeps commenting on how this, how the public is watching this case. And I think because of what's happened in the past, it is important that the public continue watching. And so January 8th at 10 a.m. is oral arguments in um, some of the motions that have been filed. I think Judge Murphy's uh, team filed a motion to dismiss. Um, I think there's some other things outstanding. I believe they had said that trial, her actual trial would start a month or two after that. So her actual trial won't, won't begin until maybe March. But there's a hearing on January 8th that I would encourage people to attend. This is a motion hearing for them to decide whether or not they're going to obviously put in a motion to dismiss. And But again, if the public is there watching, uh, it basically incentivizes whoever's in charge, in this case, this judge you're talking about, to make sure they take this seriously and just don't out of hand dismiss it and say, uh, pay, pay no attention here to the man behind the curtain. Um, this is an opportunity, but we've got to participate. Yeah. And, and, and I know we all have our lives and, and, you know, I've got a beautiful wife and daughters and, and many, many other things that I would rather be doing than this. But the more I look at this, the more it flat scares the hell out of me, because if we don't do something now, what's, what is going to happen in another 70 years? You know, it's been 70 years since Alaska was made a state and a constitution was written. Look at where we're at now. If we don't, if we don't hold the line and say no now, and we give them another seventy years to get the bit in their teeth, there may be no coming back from that. Right. And so, you know, that's you know kind of why I helped start this organization. In California, they did much the same thing. In California, they uh, they mod they rewrote their grand jury handbooks. Their, their grand jurors association goes into the schools, into the high schools, and makes presentations. Um, they print materials and disseminate them. And so, you know, one thing I'd ask people to do is to join this grand jurors association to just get back to what we had at the beginning. You know, a grand jury handbook that explains exactly what your rights are as a grand juror. And I'll, I'll have you know, the current grand jury handbook was modified to remove all of that verbiage. And that's scary because the Alaska Supreme Court and the court system write that grand jury handbook and they have systematically removed all of the pertinent stuff out of it. Right. Redacted the information that may be damaging to them in the future. Um, again, who's watching the watchman at this point uh, and keeping track of it? Um, is uh, Where do folks go out to find more about the Alaska Grand Jury Association? 
we've got a website called Alaska Grand Jurors Association.org.org. And then a lot of the, the actual evidence, like the, the Supreme Court internal memorandum, uh, SCO 1993, a lot of that is on another website called Alaska State of Corruption.com. So there's two websites one, Alaska Grand Jurors Association.org, and then Alaska State of Corruption.com. And Again, uh, you know, any help me spread the word, you know, some of these things, you know, that's basically, I believe oh, that it's going to take broad or it's going to take, it's going to take broad, it's going to take broad what, David, you broke up. Broad public awareness. Okay. Broad public awareness. Alaska Grand Jurors Association.org. I'll copy the uh, link and post it in the chat room. David Haig, thank you so much uh, for coming on board. We appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay, David, uh, final thoughts here. I'll give you the final bite at the apple. Anything we missed or anything we should have touched on. Otherwise, you'll be there tonight, 7 p.m. at the... uh, uh, at the church uh, in uh, Palmer there at the Real Life Church. Uh, your final thoughts here. Well, yeah, it, it's been great. Um, one thing that I never really hit upon is um, the the delegates to the, you know, that wrote the Constitution, they said one of the most invaluable rights a citizen has is to appeal to the grand jury directly. I mean, that is a quote from the delegates. And the Alaska Supreme Court said in their their order 1993 that citizens never have had and do not have the right to appeal directly to the grand jury. And so not only are they suppressing grand juries once they get going, they're eliminating our ability to go to them directly, which, you know, which was laid out in the grand jury handbook and stuff. And so, you know, I kind of like to look at it like two separate problems. We're supposed to be able to go make our pitch to the grand jury and then a separate thing, the grand jury is supposed to be able to do what they want. And the Supreme Court is attacking both of those. It's uh, yeah, this is a terrifying thing. If there's been a systemic removal of information by this by the Supreme Court and other judicial services, a rewriting of the handbook, taking away people's knowledge of what they have as the ability with the grand jury. I mean, the grand jury is one of the most powerful public tools in the country when it comes to rooting out government corruption. It was what was intended. And if they're slowly neutering that, it uh, it's a real problem. All right. Uh, thank you so much, David. It's good to talk with you. Thank you for coming on board and joining us. Uh, keep us in the loop. If anything else changes, we appreciate you being part of it today. Okay, well, thank you for uh, having me on. You bet. I appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time for today. The Michael Duke Show continues. We got more tomorrow. Have a great day.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 